This is the 2010 Jack Straw Writers Program. Curator Jared Lysing interviewed writer Michael Dylan Welch about his work. My favorite Zen story is about a man being chased by a tiger. He runs runs away from the tiger and he comes to a cliff and he lowers himself down on a vine and he reaches the end of the vine and the tiger is at the top of the cliff looking down at him. And then he looks down at the bottom of the cliff and there's another tiger waiting to devour him if he falls. And while he's there holding on to the end of the vine, he notices a ripe strawberry just nearby. And he reaches out and plucks the strawberry and, and eats it. And the story ends by him saying, how sweet it tasted. And to me, that's it's part of my attraction to Japanese culture. But what it captures for me is the idea of dwelling in the now, of valuing the present moment, which is central to haiku. And throughout my longer poetry, I try to create moments in the poem where you can where it's tactile, where it's sensory, where you can see or smell or touch something that makes the experience, whatever intellectual ideas are going on, makes them personal. Now we'll hear selections from Michael's live reading at Jack Straw Productions. In the um, Jack Straw anthology this year, I have a selection of 40 Neon Buddha poems, and they're short haiku-like poems. And I'll be reading a, a selection of those. And just to give you a sense of what they are, I have this short introduction uh, about them. A friend once asked me where the Neon Buddha came from. In reply, I almost said Toledo. <laughs> More accurately, he's an avatar, sometimes a surrogate for me. And what I've done, or would like to do, both ordinary and extraordinary, and sometimes he's an everyman who's definitely not me. The neon Buddha is also like the Travelocity garden gnome. A little naive or overwhelmed by the world, but always game for adventure. And perhaps he's like R. Crumb's Mr. Natural, an underground sage who likes to have fun and can't resist a double meaning. I've written many hundreds, actually it's more than 1,200, of these haiku-like poems which have unfolded as a surreal sort of personal mythology. The Neon Buddha says the word over and over, vestibule. <laughs> Neon Buddha can't get no satisfaction, but he knows his grammar. Neon Buddha is running with the deviled eggs. He is woman, hear him roar, <laughs> Neon Buddha. <laughs> Neon Buddha's finger breaks through the toilet paper. <laughs> the Neon Buddha dies again and again in the Rose Garden. I'll see if you can figure this one out. River Run, the Neon Buddha, and Old Its. Anyone know what that's, that's about? 
It's the first and last words of Finnegan's Wake. So I thought I'd shorten it. The neon Buddha sometimes confuses what's on his mind with what's on his head. To see what it's like, the neon Buddha licks the Taj Mahal, deciding to procrastinate later, neon Buddha. <laughs> Another thing that I've been working on uh, for the Jack Straw program, which I've uh, really enjoyed, is uh, a form called American Sentences, which was invented by Allen Ginsberg. And he borrowed merely the syllable count of, of haiku and paid no attention to all the other rules. And uh, I've been using the form to record things that my wife and kids have said. My um, son is six, and my daughter is now four. And my wife is Japanese, and so her native language is not English, which sometimes uh, results in her saying things like, I'm exhausted, honey. I'm so tired, I can't tolerate my exhaust. <laughs> or, Daddy's got the Christmas tree ready, kids. Time to put on the ointments. <laughs> uh, here are three that are not by my kids or my wife. Dyslexic bank robber's note to the teller says, I have a GNU. <laughs> I woke up this morning with a crick in my neck, but not a Watson. Sometimes I think that flushing New York isn't such a bad idea. Here are three from my son Thomas. I want my life to have purpose, but my son says it should have a dolphin. Hey, Daddy. Look what I got for my birthday. It's an armadildo. <laughs> if only it were really mine. My son says I work at Microsoft. <laughs> and three from my daughter, Sarah. Daddy, are you broken? Asks my two-year-old. You're not? Good, then you're fixed. <laughs> We're going to Japan, Daddy, but don't worry, they have a toilet. <laughs> Not just Triceratops, Daddy. I like all the dinosaurs, like you. <laughs> and this is a, a longer poem from my daughter. It's called After Dinner. My daughter flips her bib around to her back and says she's a superhero. I have no reason to doubt her assertion, but when I ask her why her pants keep falling down, she says, because I don't have a penis. <laughs> We're taking bets that she'll be a supermodel, but for now we'll settle for superhero as she swoops through the house, her bib flapping at her back. Despite her superpowers, she's disappointed when we go to see the Blue Angels perform that we didn't see any angels. But she flies just as high and just as fast, breaking 
the sound barrier deep in my chest. This is um, a recent poem. It's called Shoulders. We share not just an umbrella, but each having one wet shoulder, your left, my right. Bystanders might think we're in love, and we are. But we are on our way to the car, and then the Air Force Base to meet your body draped with a flag. Afterwards, on the way home, we know that all four of our shoulders will be drenched, and we wonder if we will be less in love than before or more, because we will have no one left but each other. And one last poem. Uh, it begins with a, a, a version of a haiku by uh, Isa, who's one of the great masters of Japanese haiku, who lived a couple hundred years ago. And uh, he lived a very tragic life. Um, his mother died when he was three years old. Um, his stepmother hated him and make, made him work a lot. Um, a lot of poverty in his family. He was forced to leave home as a 14-year-old. He eventually got married, he had children, but several of his children died, his wife died, his house burned down. It just problems kept, kept on happening to him. But he wrote some of the most joyful haiku imaginable. And um, the poem that I'm going to start with, this, my longer poem with, isn't necessarily one of those joyful poems, but I, I think it gives you the idea, idea of what, what was important to him. He wrote that, in this world... We walk on the roof of hell, gazing at flowers. Flowers on the roof of hell. Today, Isa came over for dinner. Nothing fancy, just Thai takeout from the place down the road. He came on foot, carrying a satchel. I welcomed him at the door and he removed his sandals. The low evening sun sparkled through the tall glass of water I gave him. He admired it before he drank it in one go. I showed him to the living room where he sat on the couch almost delicately. Then, as if conscious of his bare feet, he curled them up under himself. We talked of poetry all through dinner stray noodles landing on the plain wooden table as we ate. We talked of favorite poets and poems and the challenge of writing freshly about old subjects. We talked of writing one's joy in a fiercely crushed world of flowers on the roof of hell. When he told me it was time for him to go, I asked if I could give him a ride, but he declined, as I knew he would. He had a long way to travel, but held a finger to his lips and gently shook his smile. Then Isa took his sandals in hand and padded off into the dark. I opened the satchel he left behind 
Inside it bloomed white asters. Thank you. This podcast was produced by Jack Straw Productions as part of the Jack Straw Writers Program. The 2010 curator of this program is Jared Lysing. Music performed by the St. Helens String Quartet and recorded as part of the Jack Straw Artist Support Program. Producer is Jenny Cecil Moore. Recording engineers are Mo Preventure, CJ Lazenby, and Steve DeTore. Narrator is Amy Broomhall. And executive director of Jack Straw Productions is Joan Rubinowitz. The Jack Straw Writers Program is made possible with support from the City of Seattle Office of Arts and Cultural Affairs, Four Culture King County Lodging Tax Fund, Washington State Arts Commission, National Endowment for the Arts, the Paul G. Allen Family Foundation, Arts Fund, Poncho, and individual contributors. All of the writers heard in this series are published in the Jack Straw Writers Anthology, available for purchase and featured online at jackstraw.org. Thank you for listening.